John 15 verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Welcome, fruitful listeners, to our home, to a place of encouragement where, through God's word, we hope to inspire other Christians to grow in fruitfulness as image bearers of Christ in a way that is not just uplifting, but also life-altering. We do all of this out of love, from our fruitful family to yours. Let's talk about it. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to our Fruitful Family Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am Jesse. And here on our Fruitful Family Podcast, we try to have productive conversations about Christian topics focusing mainly on fruitfulness and how we as Christ followers should be bearing fruit as witness to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Yes, and don't worry if you are just now seeing this, because this is only our second episode, so you don't have much catching up to do. Right. We have a lot of these coming, you guys, but we are entrepreneurs. We have our own business. We also have three kiddos, one of which is a newborn, and we stay really busy. So we are trying our best to get these knocked out for you guys. So today's episode, what are we talking about? Today's episode, if you saw the title, is Getting Your House in Order. That's right. (laughs) And in order to nurture and develop a family unit that bears vast amounts of spiritual fruit, we must first get our houses in order in a way that aligns with Scripture. Not the world, but Scripture. God's intended design. So over the next couple of episodes... We want to briefly discuss the hierarchy. In today's episode, I, the husbands, are (laughs) in the hot seat. Don't worry. We'll get our turn next week. (laughs) Ladies. ladies. So scripture tells us that Christ is the head over the husband and that the husband is head over the wife, as we see in Ephesians 5.23, where it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. This is a very countercultural statement. That's right. Like it rubs people the wrong way, especially <laughs> ladies. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. before men hear this and get too puffed up, remember also that a head cannot function on its own, you guys. The wife is quite important in a family unit. So just because you are considered the head over your household does not mean or give you license to reign as a tyrant in your house. God was very specific when he defined headship. That's right. Um, He was mirroring it to Christ and the church in scripture in Ephesians 5.25 actually says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Read that again, you guys, if you have to. We are meant as men to lead our household sacrificially, not tyrannically, We are meant to lead humbly. Just because men are the head does not mean that they cannot err. They still screw up. So stay humble, you guys. This is key to uh, being a good leader in your household. And just a quick disclaimer, um, if you are tuning into this podcast, then I want you to know we do understand that we live in a fallen world. And if 
we're all in the flesh and we do realize that there are broken families, unfortunately. And if there is not a husband figure in your home, do not take this podcast offensively. God still sees you. He's still there with your family. Your family can still bear fruit. And this is just addressing the family unit that is, that does um, consist of the man and the woman raising their children in the same household. That's it's, right. If it, if this is a single family household, the rest of this podcast will still ultimately apply to you. We just had to lay out this groundwork first. Yes. And we do believe that if you are a single mom and you are taking care of children, that you should have a you should be seeking a man figure for these um, children to look up to. And it shouldn't all fall on you for sure. Um, But that's not what this specific podcast is going to be about today. Something to keep in mind is men and women are not the same. We were created with a purpose. And in today's culture, we love to pretend that men and women are equal. And that simply isn't true. Now, to clarify that we are equal in worth in the eyes of God, That's good. but yeah. not in ability. And responsibilities right. and roles. We can try really hard um, to be like the opposite sex, but we're not going to do our best in that role. Exactly. For instance, so there are obvious biological differences. Men are made for labor, so their bodies are capable of much greater strength than that of a woman. Women are made to go through labor. So (laughs) (laughs) what an amazing gift. Men are generally made to be tougher than women in labor and in wartime, for instance, but the pain that women must bear during labor is quite unimaginable to a man, at least from my point. Yeah, so like you may look at a man and consider him to be very strong and tough, but a woman is also tough in the ways that God created her to be tough. Again, just not in the same ways. Yes. Men have a difficult time relating to their own feelings, whereas women are in touch with a much wider range of their emotions. And the intensity of those feelings tend to be much (laughs) greater for them than for a man. And that's that's not a bad thing, you guys, especially if harnessed properly. This isn't an exhaustive list. There are just a few points. You you get the point. We were made differently, right? So moving on, we were each made to fulfill different roles um, with the abilities that God gave us as male and female. Yeah. So today we're going to be focusing on the husband, That's right. <laughs> Cody, <laughs> <laughs> and how he should lead the family that God has entrusted him with. Um, because like we said, we talk about fruitfulness in the home and we do believe if you want to be held to biblical standards, you need to be lining your household up to what scripture says That's your right. household should look like. Hello again, fruitful listeners. As you know, we love to discuss topics that are generally not preached from the pulpit in our seeker-sensitive church culture. Together, we will be conversing on topics such as God, marriage, family, and sex, just to name a few, and how we can be fruitful in all of these areas, just as God intends. If you enjoy our content, please consider partnering with us in supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly patron. Simply follow the link in the show description and check out the different tiers and benefits that we offer supporters on our Patreon page. Thank you guys so much for listening. God bless you. All right, back to the show. 
First and foremost, real men follow Christ. Mm, that it's sounds like a, a t-shirt or something. Yeah, we should probably make that into a t-shirt. <laughs> you can't have a proper biblical household if the husband in your household does not follow Christ. And not just in name, but in action um, and in fruit that he bears. He needs to be a cross a Christ follower. So the most important role of a husband in the home is to be the spiritual leader of his home. So he, he must cultivate an atmosphere of sensitivity mm -hmm. to the word of God. And men, let me tell you, if you are single looking for somebody, then this is going to be considered a sexy quality oh, yeah. <laughs> to a woman of God. You tell him, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really sexy. <laughs> yeah, he hears what he wants to hear. <laughs> That's all I heard is I'm sexy. I don't know. Okay. So how do we do, how do we, how do we as men lead spiritually in order to lead spiritually? He himself must be, as I was talking about earlier in an, intimate relationship with the creator. The head of the household is responsible for his household's spiritual well-being. If the family unit fails, it is ultimately the responsibility of the husband. It's his fault. He's the leader. So he should be setting um, the spiritual example in his household. Mm -hmm. right? that, that, that takes a lot of weight off um, a woman. So it, it kind of bothers me when women are so they get so offended by Ephesians five. Um, right. And it's it's if you actually read the whole thing and you realize the weight that is placed on a man, the ultimate responsibilities. Why would you want that? <laughs> I just don't understand. All for the sake it. <laughs> of an imaginary equality that God never intended us to have to start with. It's it's their definition of equal that I feel like right. is not correct. Just like their just like, like the well-known definition of love is not a, a biblical definition of love either. So Yeah, they think that we're saying that because they can't be the man and they can't be the head that they're not that like they're he's, lesser. that they're lesser they're than lesser. they take it as an insult but you really should learn to lean into what God called you to be right. and if you do you'll find strength in that so we see this played out right in scripture in Romans chapter 5 starting in verse 12 where it says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. There's no mention here, you guys, of Eve. Why? Um, Eve sinned, of course, but the responsibility is ultimately laid by God's design on the shoulders of the husband, Adam. And I'll bet you <laughs> in that moment, this is not scriptural, but I'll bet yeah. you in that very moment of that sin that Eve was probably quite relieved to not be the leader of her household. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you think so? <clears throat> it's just speculation. 
but moving on. It also says in 1 Samuel 3.13, where the Lord is speaking to Samuel in regard to Eli, saying, And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. So as we just stated, Eli was the head of that household. So his son's behavior. His son's behavior, yeah, fell back on him. They were his responsibility in the eyes of God. There's like a scripture that's clear that basically like, I think when it's Paul and he's giving instructions to the church and how they should order the church and they're picking out elders and things, they oh, basically yeah, saying, say that if your house isn't in order, if you have disobedient children, then you can't serve in the yeah, house of that's God. Right. Because that falls on you. That falls on the elder. So. Right. There's a very heavy weight of spiritual responsibility on the shoulders of dad. Well, we had to take a bit of a recess because new baby Micaiah woke up from his nap while the other two boys are at Nana's for the evening. We do have this one. So he is <laughs> going to join us for the remainder of this podcast. So you may hear some cooing, just like that. That's <laughs> or life. grunting. That is life. That is the family life. <laughs> Moving on. So we are going to discuss just a few practical ways that a man should be leading his household properly. The godly way for a husband to lead, first off, is to serve as Christ served. We should be leading our home by example, you guys. Do you want your family to speak respectfully to you? Speak respectfully to them. Do you want your wife to honor you? You should probably honor her. Do you want your family to have reverence for God? Show them how. Do you want your children to pray? Pray out loud and let them see it, guys. You need to set the standard in your household by following the example of Christ. Christ could have come down in all of his glory. He was God, you guys. He could have come down and demanded servitude, but he came humbly and led by example. In Matthew 20, verse 28, it says, Even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then in Matthew 13, verse 4 through 5, says that he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. And then he poured water into a basin. The king of the universe poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then in Luke 22, verse 27, it says, For who is the greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Yeah. Is it not the one who reclines at a table? But I am among you as the one who serves. Yeah. So what I'm getting at here, guys, if husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church, if they're to lead their family— by example, by the example of Christ, don't lead your family as a tyrant. Lead them as a servant. This is yeah. completely countercultural. Oh, yeah. The world does not make that seem appealing 
right? Being a right. servant is the low low of the low. <laughs> it's usually the lowest paying jobs. It's exactly. it's always the it's seen as such a low thing. But in and all men, honesty, in men these days, you know what what culture sees as a man is John Wayne. I love John Wayne, you guys. I'm not saying anything bad about John Wayne, but that's not the point. The point is we need to be looking to Christ as our standard for manhood. I mean, the Bible says that you are to be Christ. Like you are, you are to represent Christ in our home. Exactly. Didn't you have a a Paul Washer quote that was really good that you wanted to use right about here? We uh, like to listen to Paul Washer. Paul Washer (laughs) So I really, I just love listening to him. He's a very humble man, but he speaks with authority from God. That's right. Um, So here he said in a sermon about marriage and the home, he was talking to men and he said, authority is not a gorilla like beating of the chest. It's not a Caesar like everybody serves me. And we have that tendency. We come home, we say, I'm the breadwinner. I've worked very hard. You come home and everyone ought to serve you. No, they don't. You just keep going. You just keep going. But if you keep going, they will want to serve you at times. If you serve your family, if you come home and even though you're exhausted, you serve your wife because more than likely she's exhausted too with children or if she works, whatever it is, and she sees you serve her, then it's easier for a wife to see and say, hey, you know what? Why don't you go have fun on Saturday? Why don't you go fishing? I don't I don't mind doing these things if I'm being served because your job is to look after your wife and your children. They Amen. come first. And so your job doesn't stop when you come home from work. And I know that's hard to listen to. That title, head of the household, you know, it sounds like it comes with, oh, look at this is my title. I'm going to boast in this title. But it is if it said servant of the household, would you still want it? And I think so many women, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> would you still want that title? I think so many women, especially, and perhaps this was even the cause, perhaps the entire thing was a failure on men <clears throat> to not lead their houses properly um, and not treat their wives properly. Perhaps that was the the entire cause of the feminist movement in the first place. Perhaps women felt like they were being treated inferior, mm-hmm. but according to scripture, they, they should be treated as submissive to their husbands, but they should be submitting to a husband that is also submitting to Christ Those and loving, loving her as Christ them. loved yes. the church. So let's go ahead and move on to um, our next bullet point here. The head of the household should lead wisely. Yes, so we've already done, we've said you should be the spiritual leader of your home. Right. Because your your focus should be your wife and discipling your children. You you should serve and not rule tyrannically. Yes, and so now you said we're we're on to a husband should lead wisely. How do we become wise leaders? So (laughs) Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. You want to lead wisely, men? Open your Bible. Learn to fear God by learning more about God. The Bible actually talks about many times in the New Testament, Jesus himself said that if you ask for knowledge of the truth, if you ask for wisdom, that is something that God is not going to withhold from you. Right. He will give it. as long as your motives are proper. Oh, well, of course. The head of the household should be diligently always... Um, seeking God's face daily, 
for wisdom for leading his family. And that's certainly something in the past couple of years that I've I've really taken seriously. Kind of skated through through life, not really concerned about this before I had children, but after I had children, children change you, you guys. Um, you'll see one day if you don't have them already. It's um, for the better. It is for the better. <laughs> but it's it is intimidating. <laughs> Until I had children, I, I didn't quite understand God's love for us. Still, we will never understand the depth and the breadth yeah. of God's love for us. But children help you understand that and uh, make you want to be a better man and make you want to be a better leader for your household. Or at least they should. Or they should. Wrong. Finally, he should prayerfully make decisions. Pray for knowledge of the truth. Prayer is extremely important. You can have a lot of head knowledge. But without prayer and without closeness to the Spirit, um, you're not going to lead your family wisely, you guys. Well, and if you, as the head of the household, are being led by Christ, then you need to talk to Him. You need to spend some time with Him. It only makes sense. That's right. That you spend time with your leader. (laughs) And actually, wisdom kind of leads into our next one, which is um, husbands. Being the responsibility of the household rests with its head. He receives the deciding portion of the vote on critical matters. Yay! <laughs> and the responsibility. Isn't that so great? South. Yeah. <laughs> so, feminist movement, they hear, what? He gets to decide? We're in this together. God says he's the head of the household. The husband receives the deciding portion of the vote. Now, let's break this down before you guys click off of this podcast or throw your phone down or something. <laughs> We aren't talking about petty things. We aren't talking about um, what meal that you're, that you're going to eat. We or, aren't talking about. <laughs> yeah. Or even, I mean, like he's not saying, oh, a lady, your wife doesn't have input on right. even important things like your high right. school curriculum. We're not or, talking about things like that. We're not no. talking about household decor. We're not talking about uh, we're, what we are talking about here are critical uh, life life altering yes. decisions, yes. you guys. Very important things. And a, a well, let's let's be clear, a well functioning marriage will discuss matters in a rational way, mm-hmm. husband and wife. Um, but I, and ultimately they'll be in agreement on the bulk of decisions if you have a, a good relationship. Yes. And ultimately, if it is a very important decision, say, you know, uh the head of the household, the husband feels that that the family needs to move or he needs to change jobs, anything like that. Um, I don't know if I would want the responsibility to ultimately make that decision because of the, what if it, what if it fails? Exactly. So that leads to this next point. We are not going to agree on everything. We don't. I I try. She's always right now. We are not going to agree on everything. The point here is whenever they can't, whenever a husband and wife can't agree on something, the husband has the responsibility to make the the decision in these important situations. So let's not forget, like we said earlier, not only do I or the husband get the deciding vote, but he gets the burden of that decision. Yeah. As well, if it goes south. Yeah, I like to think about, like, if you're working and you have a leader put in charge of a certain project, well, when that that project doesn't go well, I'm glad I'm not the one getting fired. That's right. 
that's right. <laughs> but I will say, if your husband is doing all these other things that we've talked about, if he's leading spiritually, if he has wisdom, if he's serving you, then you're going to trust his decision. And, that's right. and, and you're going to lean that's in. That's not something that comes um, without trial, you guys. Uh, trial is where you build that trust together and doing life together is where you build yeah, that it's trust. Yeah, it's like, I don't. I don't want him to just make the decision where the burden falls on him. I want to trust him and say, you know what? You're going to do good in this. I know that you've prayed about it. You've seeked God in this. So I'm going to trust what you just had to go That's why with. it's so important. All of these things together are important for, for the husband to be a good leader. All of them together. Because if you are the head over, over your wife, you don't want her to trust you Merely out of obedience to Christ. Yes, no. Obviously, she's supposed to trust you out of obedience to Christ. She's a Christian. But as we'll see a little bit later, let's not make it a difficult decision, okay? Again, you guys, to clarify all of this, to button it up, a wise leader will always not just be making all these decisions tyrannically, you guys. He will be... He will seek the counsel of his spouse. God put you together for a reason. God made her to be uh, to be my helper, and uh, we must be humble. Husbands do not know everything and cannot see everything. Far from it. If your wife is a godly woman, her opinions should not be taken lightly. Though she is not always right either, despite what our culture would have you believe. <laughs> Yes, a wife who is a godly woman will not only submit to your decision, but she's going to do it gladly, cheerfully, thankfully <laughs> that the burden of it isn't going to fall on her. Amen. Moving on. So, you guys, there is so much to unpack on this. I feel like I feel like we've only breezed over it to be completely honest. So, when we unpack this role um, and we begin to understand it, we see that when we apply Christ's standards of love, submission, responsibility, a servant style of leadership, the family unit will flourish. So many men, and I'm sure we will see it in the comment section, love to twist scripture to justify the tyrannical rule that they have over their household. A woman is to submit to her husband. That is true. Scripture is clear on that. We cannot, however, as men, see this verse and force our wives to abide by it, but while at the same time completely omitting the command to us immediately following that in Ephesians 5.25, where it says, as Christ loved the church. Meditate on that for a moment. How did Christ love the church? He loved her sacrificially. Right. Gave himself for us. Right. <laughs> yes. He, he he loved her humbly. He loved her with passion. He led her with strength and courage. He led her with wisdom. He leads her still with wisdom and compassion. I'm Listen. so thankful for that. Compassion and mercy and yes, grace. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. As we should be. You might say, listen, you don't know my wife. She isn't an easy woman. She doesn't do anything to deserve the kind of leadership you're talking about right now. Again. Or she just won't let you lead. <laughs> I know those types again, of women too. <laughs> guys, 
we must we must realize as Christ loved the church. Do you think that we are deserving of anything that Christ did for us? No. I mean, I I hope you don't think that, but of course not is the proper answer to that. (laughs) If we were, he wouldn't have to. He wouldn't have had to come in the first place. Yeah, you guys lead your lead your wife as Christ leads the church. Not only when she seems worthy of this kind of leadership, but do it in spite of all the times that she's driving you crazy and she doesn't seem worthy. Right in the eyes of a holy God, we are completely unworthy of His goodness and everything that He does for us. And truthfully. Your wife knows when she's acting unworthy. She knows when she's having a bad day and she's taking it out on you. But for you to show her love in that low moment, the way that God loves us in our low moments, that's leading by example. And so she'll she'll know when you're low and you're treating her in not a very good way to show you that kind of love. Amen. That's good. I've got a question for you. Jesse, for me, <laughs> it's for ladies in general. If your man was leading your household as God commands us, how much easier would it be for you to submit to him? Very easy, right? Yeah. Would Would you not, as the church submits to Christ, submit willingly, lovingly? Uh, passionately. I would see my need for my husband like I see my need for Christ. Amen. So, Guys listening to this, you need to be the leader that your wife wants to submit to because you follow Christ's example, not the man that she submits to mournfully, merely out of obedience to Christ. You guys, and I don't want to diminish that, Submitting just because Christ asks us to is a no-brainer, okay? But don't make her live that way, you guys. You won't have a fruitful family if you live that way. If you only obey someone out of the mere fact that it's been an order and not out of love, then there there is no love. Because... Through loving someone, that's when you want to have obedience. Um, Because I know that God loves me and I love Him. That's the only way that I can be obedient to Him. Otherwise, I'm going to give in to my flesh and what I want to do. It's very similar to, to me, to the fact that a lot of people, most people, whenever they first become Christians, I guess I won't say most people. I will just say a lot of people become Christians because... They fear hell, right? But as you grow in your relationship with Christ, if that's where you started, you should then get to a point where you follow Christ, not because you fear hell, but because you never want to be separated from them. So you see the positive spin on that. Now, wives, upon saying, I do, Whether I'm leading right or not, she's supposed to submit to me, submitting out of obedience. Um, Now, I am just going to disclaimer that with, obviously, if you're in an abusive relationship, you do not need to be submitting. We suggest that you... We'll we'll do an entire video Yeah, that's a whole other thing, but I just don't want anyone to think that we would ever... That's why we tried to, as we talked about earlier, this entire video is assuming this is a... A Christian family. A Christian family who is living according to scripture. Um, to the best of their abilities. But 
let's not let's not be the the type of heads that wives submit to because they have to. Let's be the type of head that a wife submits to because she sees Christ's example and the fruits of true Christianity coming through her husband. Yeah. Again, another really good, really good quote by Paul Washer here. Yes. He says, so if I had a man who knew all the principles of marriage, but he's not filled with the spirit and bearing the fruit of the spirit, all those principles really aren't going to matter. If I have a man who is filled with the Holy Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, he's going to do all right in marriage. Now you need both, but nothing takes the place of transformation. As a man, you see when you talk about authority, you have to be very careful. You don't put authority as a man in the context of Caesar. This is in the context of Christ. That's so good. Transformation. That's where it's at. That's right. <laughs> that's when you can bear fruit, when you're transforming to be Christ-like. Amen. Well, guys and gals, again, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but I hope that this helps you guys understand a little bit better the role of a husband as he leads his family under the authority of Christ. So what does this look like practically? Let's go into some practicality for a minute. We know that Good fruit is produced from the working of the Holy Spirit. If the head of the home is drawing closer to God, the fruits of the Spirit will be evident. Yes. Uh, these fruits will greatly benefit the family unit and will cause the family unit to bear fruit. So let's take love, for instance. Try. And we've all heard the saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And usually that is thrown out there in a derogatory sense when right. they're trying to insult yeah. you. <laughs> but if the father is demonstrating love towards his wife, towards his children, then they are going to take notice of that. And their fruit is going to look similar to dad. It, it'll follow suit. So men lead by example. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This is a question to the men. Are you demonstrating these qualities for your wife and for your children to bear witness to? And so how how do you show love? Well, we kind of covered that when we said Show servitude. I mean, that's like... Servitude's big, and that's practically, that could look like... Um, you coming home, and instead of plopping on the couch, waiting for dinner to be served to you... Maybe you look like you could use a hand. What do you need? Yeah, or just grab the kids. If she looks exhausted, if they're being loud, grab the kids, play with the kids, or take, give them their baths. Whatever you can do. And I will say, us working from home, um, I have an opportunity to help with this probably more than a lot of husbands do. Um, but it doesn't mean that whenever you get home, you can't do something. Yeah, you she do wouldn't something. expect you if you've been away from the house all day to come home and do all of her chores. Or no. Something, right? no. But that's not to say 
if your wife's going through a time, there there's plenty of times when you're if your wife's pregnant or if they, there's so many situations, you should look for an opportunity to serve. Maybe your wife is really good at looking at keeping the house in order, having everything done, and it looks like she has it all under control. So you're really good at saying, oh, my wife's got this. She doesn't need any help. Right. Maybe you should take the time to really look and just volunteer to help. Just just do it. Don't even ask. You know, um, a lot of ladies, they're like, I'm going to do it because they do respect you and they want as much to be done for you as can be. But that doesn't mean that they wouldn't appreciate. And not out of not out of an attitude that these chores are chore play, as we've called it in some of our videos. Do it with a servant attitude. To not get anything to not in get return. Anything in return. Yeah. Just do it. See how much that that improves and benefits the atmosphere in your household. Mm-hmm. And it's good for your kids too. To see Moving that. on to the next one, I wanted to to, to talk about joy. Um, the head of the household should be displaying this at all times. Joy, and that is a hard one. <laughs> when times get tough, do you still show contentment? with the situation that you find yourself in Mm -hmm. and knowing that God is in control, even when circumstances are not ideal. Yes. This, this is not easy. You guys, we live in a very not simple world, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a world that's fast paced, a world where everything costs a lot of money, um, a world where times can get tough really fast. Full of stress. But do you have an, an eternity mindset that will allow you even whenever you have a little versus having a lot, even when um, you're happy, even whenever you're sad, you can have joy in mourning. Mm-hmm. And that only comes uh, from God. That only right. comes from a faithfulness to and if God. a husband is going to show that true joy only comes from the spirit of God. Yes. And if a husband is going to show that it's only going to be shown if he has a relationship with God mm-hmm. and he's being led by Christ. Right. The next one we're going to be talking about peace. This one is extremely important. Do you as a leader try to cultivate a peaceful atmosphere? What does this look like? Practically I have down and, if you have some, dive right in. What I wrote <laughs> down here was uh, this cultivation of peace can sometimes look like disciplining your children. Mm, yeah. An undisciplined child is not going to lead to a peaceful household. <laughs> no. And even when they have the best of intentions, a rowdy child in a time where rowdiness isn't appropriate can lead to stress, can lead to a... Um, chaotic feeling household. So discipline is, is very important. Mm -hmm. Also a form of love is whenever your wife is trying to help you record a podcast and she can't think because the kid needs dad to bounce him in his lap (laughs) to make him quiet. Um, That's just ask her. She'll think that that's very loving. And if you're not watching, that's exactly what he's doing right now. If you're just listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Back to peace. Um, That this could, I have that this can come in the form of sacrifice and compromise in order to avoid unnecessary tension in the Mm -hmm. house. Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, 
It may look like you giving up what maybe would bring you more joy in that moment, but you really want the house to be peaceful. And you know that your wife's not going to handle that wrestling show very well. It's going (laughs) to definitely not get her in the mood. No. (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) This is a big one here. Um, Cultivating peace can look like settling arc. And I I would like to clarify you guys, we're going to be going in a lot of detail on a lot of these more specifically in later episodes. Um, But cultivating peace can look like settling arguments amongst husband and wife, but also amongst siblings um, and doing so in a calm and collected manner. Mm -hmm. So how do you settle arguments how do you settle disagreements in your household are you doing it in a peaceful way are you doing it in a way that will cause an even more chaotic situation and um discipline falls into that too are you disciplining gently um because i mean if you're disciplining out of anger trying to lead to peace that really doesn't lead to peace and that's why the bible says that god says that you shouldn't be quick to anger right And that's, that's a hard one. It's hard. This next one falls in that, or this next one follows that very closely. And it is, and I struggle with this one. You can ask my wife. If I had, if I had a couple of these that I really needed to work on, patience is one of my biggest ones. And I pray literally daily for this. It's in my prayer journal. Patience. Lord, give me patience in all situations. For me, and I think my wife can attest to this. Uh, children have been the ultimate test of my patience. <laughs> I think they everything <laughs> from from this phase all the way up till Asher's uh, four and a half years old. Their oldest. Now, the from this phase, it was it's the the crying at night and keeping me up all night. Patience, patience. I struggle with that. I think moms moms are in general better at that whenever it comes to the children. It's just something that's developed over time. And moms tend to spend more time with young children below five. And so they they learn to be patient quicker, I feel like. (laughs) Right. Obtaining um, a spirit of patience is is key. Lifelong Um, journey. Children are going to need that, like we were talking about discipline earlier. Do you have patience and discipline? Are you quick to... Just grab a paddle and spank, spank every time they're doing something wrong? Or do you patiently discipline them and lovingly discipline them and explain what they're doing wrong? Um, And this is why you're getting disciplined before Mm -hmm. you issue a form of discipline. So I think that's extremely important for a leader in a household. Again, coattailing on that. Kindness. Do you show kindness as the leader of your household? Do you treat your wife harshly? Are you rude to her? Are you respectful to her? Children children see this, men. Uh, not only will your wife not want to treat you kindly, she may do so out of respect and out of uh, devotion to Christ, treat you kindly no matter what. But um, how much, again, easier will it be for her to want to treat you kindly if you're doing so to her? And how how does this affect the way your children treat you and treat your wife? If they see a calm, patient husband who treats his wife uh, kindly, 
children um, see that and want to treat their mother kindly. And not only that, one day they'll treat their wife kindly too. And they too. will do this. Exactly. Yes. So not only will kindness improve the relationship between the husband and the wife, but it sets the tone and the standard for the way that children act towards their mother. Well, guys and gals, that is it for today's episode. But for our Patreon members, tier three or higher, this is not the end. Yes. (laughs) Be sure to check out our Patreon where you can get access to something that we are calling From the Vine. These are bonus episodes where you get a more intimate look at our family vine and the ways in which it bears fruit according to scripture. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and listening in on today's episode. God bless you guys. We will talk to you again on the next episode of Our Fruitful Family.